0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. So today's Gospel um, starts off, or today's passage, from the Gospel of St. John. Uh, First thing we read is, on the following day. So the question we should always ask ourselves is, if we're reading on the following day, the question that should come to all our minds is, what happened the day before, right? Um, So this passage is from John chapter 6. John chapter 6 is famous for what specific miracle? One of, I guess, miracles, but one very specific miracle, John chapter 6. The feeding of the 5,000, right? The feeding of the 5,000. So what we see here is after Jesus fed the 5,000, the 5, he fed multitudes of people. People are going after him, chasing after him, seeking something, okay? And what they're seeking is, it says here, they're pretty much seeking more bread, is what Jesus tells them. I went back and, and tried to kind of go through the readings and to see if there was a theme that kept popping up as I was doing the readings over and over again. And the word that kept coming to mind, and we'll go through some of the readings today, we won't go through all of them, um, the word that kept coming to mind was confusion. Confusion, okay? And I had this debate in my mind whether I was gonna make you guess the word, but I feel like it's always like unfair of the preacher to tell you like to guess the word. Like I already know what I'm gonna say, so it's not, it's not a fair battle. Um, but the reason that that came to mind, confusion, is obviously we see these people here are very confused, okay? So they're seeking Jesus for a specific purpose. Jesus has a, another purpose in mind completely, right? But it's not the only people that are confused today. There's actually a lot of confusion going on in a lot of today's passages. You can go back and read the Pauline and the Catholic. I won't get into them today, but we'll look at some of the other readings. If you looked at the Vespers Gospel that came from the Gospel of John, chapter 6 as well, okay? And it's another famous miracle. There's another famous miracle that happens in John chapter 6. Anybody remember? One of the signs. Walking on water. Very good. So, Jesus, the the disciples are in the boat, there's a huge storm, and that the reason that they're in the boat is because Jesus made them go, okay? Because Jesus performs the miracle, the crowd wants to make Jesus king. Jesus says they have no idea what they actually want. Let me, get them, let me get the disciples on the boat before they agree with the crowd and also try to make me king. Let me get the disciples on the boat, send them away. Okay, so Jesus is the one who sends them on the boat. And Jesus is there, and then Jesus later meets with them. Jesus puts them on the boat, and then there's a huge storm. A huge storm happens. And they are confused. They're scared. Why would Jesus put us on the boat, and now we're in the middle of a storm? And now he's nowhere to be found. Did he abandon us? Did he leave us? Where is Jesus? And then finally when Jesus shows up, they're still confused. They think it's what? A ghost. So there's a lot of confusion happening. In John chapter 8, which was the Matins Gospel, Jesus tells the people that he's discussing with, he says, Before Abraham was, I am. People are very confused to the point that they want to stone him. Okay, that's, that's the result of their confusion. So there's a lot of confusion going on. And then we read actually the, the, the Acts uh, of the Apostles, and that was about what today? It was about Saul becoming St. Paul, right? The the famous icon that we have right there. Right there. So, um, Saul on the road to Damascus. So, there's a lot of confusion. A lot of confusion today. And we would all agree that when we see confusion in Scripture, at least when I see confusion in Scripture in different ways, it's very relatable. Isn't it? Like, confusion is one of those things that, like, humans can relate to one another because at times in life, we're confused. Because life is a mystery. Life isn't... Like a formula. Life isn't always in order. Life doesn't always make sense. Sometimes life is confusing. Today's passages are very relatable to us. When we look at the storm, for example. We've all been in those situations where we feel like we're abandoned. Is Jesus with us or not? Why did he let me deal with this? Why am I in this situation? This person is sick. I'm dealing with whatever circumstance. Life is a mystery, and there's a lot of confusion in life. And today, what I wanted to look at, as we're looking at these um, these different passages and the different reasons people are confused, to kind of try to help us deal with confusion in our own life. Okay, so let's take them kind of... I wrote down kind of three things that we can discuss together. Okay, I know there's four groups of people we talked about today, but we'll lump them into three just to make it a little bit easier. The first one... With a storm. In the middle of a storm, when I'm scared, when I'm afraid, when things are not easy, when things are difficult, when things are unstable, what should I do? What should I do? Because this happens a lot, right? And and we see this with, you know, whether it's you yourself going through something or a loved one is going through something, this happens a lot. This is life. Life, kind of, there's just storms in life. That's just kind of how it works. The only thing that can make me at ease, at peace, in the middle of a storm, is hearing God's voice. The only thing. You can't willpower your way through it. You can't, like, artificially make up something and play mind games in your head. The only thing that can give you peace in the middle of a storm is God's voice. And that's what the disciples felt today. They think it's a ghost, but once Jesus says, do not be afraid, it is I, we're going to be okay. We're going to be just fine. The storm is still going, but we're going to be okay. I think the reason sometimes we struggle with this, one is, first of all, God's voice is everywhere. I know sometimes you think, like, it's hard to hear God's voice. Yes, but, like, God's voice is everywhere. There's a reason that for, for us sometimes it's hard. God's voice is in my time of prayer. God's voice is found in Scripture. God's voice is when I, in my interactions with, with other humans, right, like with other people, God's voice is everywhere. God's always trying to speak to us. I was just uh, chatting with someone recently, and they told me that, uh, that this person like comes to church every now and then. Okay, It's not like a consistent person that comes all the time. But they were going through some stuff, and they were going through some difficult things. He said, I entered church, and it's been a while since I've entered church. I sat down, and the preacher was saying something, and, and based on that, like it was exactly what I was going through. It was exactly what I was looking to hear like it wasn't something like necessarily like a comforting message or whatever but it was explaining exactly what I was going through and it shows us that God is paying attention God is paying attention to what we're going through the reason sometimes we don't hear God's voice is not because God isn't speaking is because there's too much other noise around us we don't like silence for example that was awkward <laughs> we don't like silence Silence makes us feel uncomfortable. Silence is not something that we like to deal with. And truthfully, when you look at my life and your life, we're inundated with noise. There's noise everywhere. If you are like, first of all, we have our phones. So that, I'm not even saying like just hearing noise, but just distraction all the time. If you have your phone, and maybe you're putting your phone away now, as I just said that, okay? Like, if you have your phone, you know your phone is distracting. You know those things are, there's so much noise around us. That we're listening to things that aren't good for us. And even sometimes, even things that aren't necessarily bad for us, but listening like in excess, taking in noise in excess, drowns out the voice of God in our life. I was going to pick on social media, but I feel like I do that with every sermon, so I'll take a break this time, but take it as, as you will. The key is that in the storm, when we are confused, when we feel abandoned, when we feel like God is not there, God is definitely there, and God is with us, and God is speaking. It doesn't mean the storm has gone away like this, But God is there, and God is with us. What we have to do is practice silence and seek God. We have to quiet down the noise around us and seek God clearly. The second thing, in a state of confusion. So maybe you're in that storm right now. Maybe that's not you. The other group that I wanted to talk about today was the group that was responding to the teachings of Christ. One group about who Christ is, Okay? But also, the group that was responding to Christ about Christ was telling them, this is how you need to follow me. You want to follow me for this purpose, but that's actually the wrong purpose. You need to follow me for this purpose. Christ was rejected today. You know, sometimes we we read the story of the the feeding of the 5,000, and we were like, man, that's such a happy story. Yes, but it actually is a sad ending to the story. Like, it is a happy story. Like, Christ did something amazing. But the ending of the story is that people leave because there's no more food. Can you imagine? You just witnessed someone feed almost 20,000 people. My, our minds would go to, whatever this person says next, I'm going to do. Like, nobody's ever done this before. Whatever this person does says next, I will do. But what do the people do instead? They say, no, I want you to do this for me. You're not the teacher. I'm the teacher. I want you to give us more food. And if you don't give us more food, we want nothing to do with you. They went from wanting to make him king to leaving. We're capable of doing the same thing. Sometimes we have to check ourselves and our intentions of why we are following Christ. And are we following Christ? Or are we asking Christ to follow us? Okay? Like sometimes we say, like, we follow Christ, we follow Christ, we follow Christ. Okay. Is that what we are doing? Are we following Christ truly? Or are we telling him, God, here's my plan, I'm in control, let me tell you, I have plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E, okay? And you just, I'm going to pick a plan, Lord, and you follow me. And just, Lord, if there's like things in the way, and there's like stumbling blocks and things in the way of my plan, you just remove those things. Remove those things out of my way. Who's following who? I think that was the people today. The third lesson, state of confusion so if you were confused in the storm, or confused about the teaching of Christ, and who's following who, the third group of people, or the third person, really was Saint Paul today. And this was a hard one. What Saint Paul experienced today—imagine, have you ever felt so strongly about something, where that it was really hard to convince you otherwise? Have you ever been there, where like you felt really, really strongly about something, and you were like, "I am sure that this is the right direction, that this is the right thing, and I am a hundred percent certain." That I am right. And then God comes and says, actually, you're completely wrong. That's what St. Paul did today. St. Paul dedicated his life to a certain way, which was persecuting those heretics, the Christians. That's how he thought. He said, I'm going to persecute the Christians. And this is the right thing before God. And he truly felt in his heart that he was doing the right thing. He felt like he was doing the right thing. And then God said, actually, you need to do the exact opposite. You need to turn around, and actually, you're going to go join those guys. Not only join them, but you're going to spread the message more than anyone else on the face of the planet. That was St. Paul. That doesn't make any sense. That's not logical. Sometimes God calls us out. Sometimes God calls me out. When I think I'm heading in the right direction, I'm doing the right thing, and God says, no, you're not doing the right thing. You're not focused on the right thing. The question for me and you, are we able to be corrected? I'm always amazed. I mean, granted, I God blinded him, okay, but hopefully that's not us, but God blinded him physically in order to kind of initiate this, right? But I'm always amazed that St. Paul was so correctable. Like somebody like St. Paul who is well-learned, extremely knowledgeable about God and the scriptures, and really believed in his heart of hearts that he was going the right way. And then God said, actually, you need to go in this direction. Recently... Um, But the reason, by the way, we don't like correction is because sometimes correction makes us feel bad. Okay, like, but the goal isn't the feeling bad, right? Sometimes we're like, well, when God tells me like I didn't do this, I feel bad. That's not the goal. The goal isn't to make us feel bad. The goal is to help us. Recently, I was with uh, one of my children. Okay, one of my children, and we were outside. Okay, and we were—I was taking them out of the car and just, you know, how does like you're grabbing a million things or whatever—and. You can guess which one one of them bolts for the street okay for the, the parking lot and he's like god ah! just screaming and crazy okay it's just it was one of those days and bolts for the street and i okay like if you know me and, and you think like i never yell okay you would have experienced this moment i really yelled okay and i and the child's face was shocked and almost like like taken aback of like how much like i could tell like she was a little scared She, sorry. Okay, (laughs) They were a little scared. I tried really hard. It was going to happen. Uh, They were really scared. And in my mind, I was like, did I do the right thing or not the right thing? Right? Did I do the right thing or not the right thing? What was the point of me correcting the child? Was it to scare them? Was that the goal? Is that I wanted to really scare them? Like, I'm just a terrible parent. I just want to really scare my kid. It's just fun for me to scare my kid. Was that the goal? What was the goal? To protect them. To help them. To teach them. So that they grow. It's the same with us and God. Sometimes we look and when we see God's correction, we're like, ah, that hurts. God, why would you do that? God, that's too much. And he's like, I love you. Like, don't you get, like, don't be confused. God loves you very much. You are so precious to him. He loves you. And he's trying to protect you. He's trying to help you. He's trying to save you. That's why he corrects us. If God didn't correct us, it would actually be a sign that he doesn't love us that much. That He doesn't care about our well-being. The ultimate goal when God corrects us is not for us to dwell on past mistakes and feel bad and all that stuff, but the ultimate goal with God is for Him to help us grow. That's the ultimate goal, because He loves us. These three readings, or four readings today that we looked at, I think they provide for us kind of a, a, I don't want to say a formula, but a key in terms of how to handle confusion in our lives. Whether you're in the middle of a storm and you're confused, the message for you is, silence, hear his voice. Silence, hear his voice. You might be looking for the easiest solution in your problem. That's not the right approach. Silence, hear his voice. If you're, the, if you're similar to the group that was confused about the teaching of Christ and how you're following him, who's following who? What, what God is calling us to do is to surrender to him. And to tell him that you're in charge, Lord, you show me. You open the doors that you want to open and you close the doors and I trust you. It might not be my choice, but I trust you. And if we're like St. Paul, maybe God is correcting us. And the message for us is be happy about the correction. Accept the correction with joy, knowing that God really loves you, that he really cares about you. That's the purpose of correction to begin with. My prayer is that no matter what we're going through in life and what life throws our way, when we find ourselves in a state of confusion, that we're able to seek God no matter what. Whether it's through listening to him and hearing his voice, whether it's following him or whether it's accepting correction, that we're always willing to hear him out, to to watch for him and to seek him above anything else. And that's the way that we're going to grow in our relationship with him. And glory be to God forever. Amen.